Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. I just want to say thanks so much for joining with us for Easter at Life Center. If you're new with us, I think it's important for you to know we're passionate about knowing Jesus and making him known. That's, that's why we exist. That's why we do what we do. And today is a special day because it's, it's Easter. I mean, this day is a day of good news. It's a day of rejoicing. During Holy Week, over the last number of gatherings that we've had, we focus in on the idea of surrounded. Can you say surrounded? We're talking about surrounded and what it looks like for our lives to be wrapped up, surrounded by the life and the love of God. I want you to think for a moment about a time where maybe you were surrounded by something that you didn't want to be surrounded by. No, for me, a number of years ago was a beautiful summer day. Our family, we were on a walk together. Man, the sun was shining. Things could not get better. And then I walked right into a spider web. You know that feeling, right? And for the next number of minutes, I'm sure people at a distance thought I was losing my mind because I am pulling stuff off. And and the challenge with walking into a spider web is you don't just feel surrounded for the next couple of minutes. How many know the next number of hours I felt like I was still pulling stuff off of me? Anytime I felt something, I was sure there was a spider crawling on me. There's a unique dynamic when you're surrounded by something that you don't want to be surrounded by. I wonder how many of us today can consider this question, what, what is surrounding your life? What is surrounding your life? I wonder if there's some who are watching online today, maybe there's some discouragement. You've shouldered some some heavy things. Maybe there's some disappointments as you look back at, at 2020 and it definitely did not turn out the way you thought it was supposed to turn out. Maybe there's some doubt, there's some fear, there's there's a sense of being let down, but but maybe maybe today you need to hear some good news. Because I want to remind you today, Jesus offers you so much more than those things. Jesus offers us this hope of our lives being surrounded by the love of God. Jesus has something so much greater than what you showed up with today, if it's something that you don't want to be surrounded by. In fact, our, our hope for this is really found in what today is all about. Our hope centers on this idea that Jesus didn't just live a good life, he didn't just teach some good teachings, but that he did something that no other person has done. He, He rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. Now, that's a big claim. But let's look together at Luke chapter 24. Luke, if you're new to scripture, it's one of the gospel accounts. It's a little bit over halfway through your Bible. And Luke writes these words as he reflects on the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. We find ourselves in Luke chapter 24, and I want to read a few verses to you today, beginning at verse 1. It says this, but on the first day of the week, that's Sunday, 
at early dawn, they went to the tomb. The they that Luke is referring to is a group of Jesus' followers. They were women. And they go on this journey early in the morning, taking spices they had prepared. Now, now here's what we need to be reminded of. They're going to the tomb expecting to find a dead body. That's why they're doing what they're doing. That's what they expect to find. How many know that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? If you're going to a graveyard, you're probably expecting to see someone who's dead. And that's where these women are at. And yet when they show up, it says this, that they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went into the tomb, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. How many know if you go to a graveyard early in the morning and all of a sudden two dudes with bedazzled clothing show up next to you, you're going to get there. They're going to have your attention. You're going to be awake at that moment. Think about how shocking that would have been. It says this. As they were frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground, and the men said to them, listen to this question, why do you seek the living among the dead? He isn't here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered the words of Jesus. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11. Who is that? That's, that's Jesus' disciples. They told these things to the 11 and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed like an idle tale. Here's the, the, the followers of Jesus. These are the, the guys who had journeyed for three years. They saw the blind eyes open. They saw Jesus multiply loaves and fishes to feed the masses. And, and when they hear this news, it feels like an idle tale. I wonder how many of us here today are watching online. The journey in our calendar year always brings us back to this place on Easter where we go to church. And we, we enjoy the, the singing. Maybe we're here because a family kind of encouraged us to come or a friend invited us. But, but whenever we talk about the resurrection, it feels a little bit like what's being described right here with these disciples. That, that's nice, Tyler. That, that just feels like a, an idle tale. It goes on. It says this, that they did not believe them. Can I tell you today, if, if you're struggling with doubt, if you're facing doubt, you have some question marks, you are in some good company. Because Jesus' closest friends, even though he told them clearly and he warned them ahead of time, they feel like it's an idle tale and they don't even believe the story that these women are telling them. It goes on. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. And he went home marveling at what had happened. 
See, we look at this story, and maybe, maybe it's a familiar story to you. Maybe it's a story that you visit with once a year. Maybe this story is brand new. But I think it's important that, that we recognize this story can only be one of two potential things. One of two. I've sat and I've thought about it. I've sat and I've studied it out. And really, there's only two options when we're dealing with the resurrection of Jesus. It is either the greatest hoax ever created, or it's actually the greatest hope ever made available. There's not really a third option. I mean, this is either the the most cruel story that has kind of hooked the hope and the faith of people throughout the centuries, or it is what it says it is, and because of that, we actually have hope not just for this life, but forever. It is either the greatest hoax or the greatest hope. Now, as we consider that for a moment, what do we do with this story? I think, number one, we need to question it. Now, some of you just woke up right there. You're like, what, Tyler, you want me to question the resurrection of Jesus? If you're going to bank your whole hope, not just for this life, but for eternity, you better ask some good questions. But not only should we question the story, we should question and consider the question in the story. Let's start with with questioning the story for a moment. You see, this story, it's far too unusual, it's far too bizarre, it's far too supernatural to just accept it at face value. Think about what we're claiming here today. That there was a man who lived 2,000 years ago. He was Jewish, grew up as a carpenter, became a teacher, a rabbi, and And all of a sudden, he was falsely accused, even though he did miracles. He was falsely accused and nailed to a cross and was buried in a tomb. But three days later, he physically rose from the dead and revealed himself to the masses. I mean, no, that's not your average story. There's a lot going on there. And so to just accept it at face value and not consider the implications, friends, we, we, gotta, we gotta ask some questions. You see, it's far too widely accepted and believed to ignore it without taking a closer look. Some people, and I get it, you're, maybe you're a little bit skeptical. And, and instead of dealing with the skepticism, you just wanna dismiss, nah, I don't. But understand, there are millions and billions of people throughout the years who have claimed their hope and faith in this story. You have to deal with that. You you can try to sweep it aside, but listen, tons and tons and tons and tons of people have put not just an hour a week into this thing, they bank their whole life on this thing. Not just that, but it's far too significant in its impact on history to not consider what's actually at stake. The story of Jesus and his resurrection has literally transformed the world in which you live in, the world that you've grown up in, the world that you will grow old in. It's changed everything. And when we consider this story, there's there's two things to maybe question. And again, I want you to 
to maybe go with this assumption, well, Tyler, maybe the story is fake and the disciples, they, Jesus followers, they just kind of wanted to, to keep the tale going. They wanted to kind of prop up this, this story. But in order to come to that conclusion, you have to deal with two really important things from this text here. Number one is this, the first witnesses. The first witnesses to the resurrection, who were they? Women. And I'm thankful that we live in a society that values equally men and women. But in this time period when scripture was being written, it was not so. In fact, women in this time period were so diminished that their testimony would not be considered valid in a court situation. And so if you are going to propel or perpetuate a false idea, a false narrative to hopefully keep it going throughout the pages of history, don't you think you would want somebody whose testimony was considered in that day credible? Where does that leave us? Well, clearly, the disciples here, as they write the Gospels, because each of the Gospel accounts put them as the first eyewitnesses, the Gospel writers are translating what actually happened. Not just noticing the women, though. The the second thing that I think we need to take note of is the first response of the men. The first response of the men. What is it? These are Jesus' disciples. They're his closest friends. And what's their first response? That didn't happen. Their first response is fear. Their first response is doubt. How many of us, when we tell stories about ourselves, they get better and better over time? Come on, some of you, you, you caught a fish that was this big? But it grew. Some of us, we have the gift of revisionist history, don't we? When we tell stories about ourselves, why? Because we want to paint ourselves in the best light possible, don't we? And yet look as the disciples write stories about themselves and recount their history. They don't whitewash the reality. They don't try to sanitize what's going on. No, they simply say, we don't believe you. Now, if you're trying to perpetuate a false story, don't you think that maybe you would have taken a different angle? See, it's it's good for us to lean in to the questions. Why? Because so much is at stake with this story. But don't just notice and question the story. Notice the question in the story. In fact, in verse 5, of chapter 24, the angel says this to the ladies, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Can I ask us that same question, but just phrased a little bit differently? Are you searching for life in dead places? Are you searching for life today in in dead places? You see, I, I gotta be honest, I think this happens to all of us at some level where we take, we take good things and we make them ultimate things. And I think every one of us, we are busy searching for what we could call the good life. Can you say good life? Most of us, we want the good life. 
We want enough resources to take care of our family. We want to be healthy. We want to be fit. We want to do what we want to do. Many of us understand that we are chasing the good life. The challenge is sometimes we look to good things and we make them ultimate things. So we take that career and instead of just being an opportunity to provide for us and our family, now it becomes our source of identity, which is okay until that career goes sideways. Or what about money? How many know money is a good thing? But all of a sudden, when it gives us our only sense of stability or security, it's fine as long as there's enough in the bank. But what about when there's not? Well, what about relationships? We, we long for that sense of belonging, don't we? But when we put our whole hope that this is going to provide me the things that I'm looking for, all it takes is for that relationship to go a little bit sideways and we realize maybe I'm looking in the wrong place for what I'm actually trying to find. In other words, could it be that at times we we are searching for life, but we're searching in dead places? See, those things, although they're good by themselves, they will never in themselves provide that sense of fulfillment, that sense of life that we long for, and yet, good news today. Easter is a declaration to us in the midst of all of our searching. And what does Easter declare to us? That life is available. And not only is life available, life can be found. But in order for that to become a reality, it requires a great exchange to take place. It requires a a great exchange to happen. You see, where we look and, and how we look and how we find it, it matters. And I, here, here's the good declaration on Easter. Jesus, the one who is life, he was surrounded in death. Why? so that we who are dead in our sin can be surrounded in his life. Friends, that's the hope of Easter. Jesus, who who literally is, he, he didn't just have life. Friends, he is life. Not my words. In fact, John, in his gospel account in chapter one, it says this, that in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of men. In chapter 11, Jesus is at a point where one of his close friends, Lazarus, has died. And Jesus, as he comforts Lazarus' sisters, he says these words, I am the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 14, Jesus makes this declaration, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus doesn't just have life, friends, he is life. And what's amazing to me about this story of Easter, what's so transformational about the life and the the story of Jesus is that the one who is life was willing to be surrounded in death so that as I receive what he's done for me, I, who am dead, can be surrounded in his life. But I said a moment ago, in order for that to be real, it requires an exchange. I want you to think about the different things that Jesus has exchanged with us. See, on the cross, that that is the place that I deserve to be. 
I deserve the cross. But Jesus, he, he makes this great exchange with me where the place that I deserve, he was willing to be in my place for me. Wow. Not just the cross. Think about the grave for a minute. That, that's the penalty that I deserve. But in his grace, he, he takes that penalty upon himself. Because of my sin, I deserve death, but he stepped into that place for me. There was a great exchange that took place. And this life that I live, full of fracture and flaws, friends, the, the life that I am, he, he took upon himself so that I could receive all that he is. Friends, this is good news. Is anybody thankful today that Jesus is alive? But none of this matters if Jesus is still in the grave. None of the songs that we sang earlier have any meaning, any hope to them. What we are doing in this room right now as we gather together online, if, if Jesus is still in, this gra in the grave, none of this matters. The fact that you got all dressed up all cute today, it doesn't matter. And by the way, you guys look good today. Can I tell you, listen, this room looks so much better today than it did a year ago. Because a year ago, it was empty. And so I'm thankful to be with you today. But listen, none of this matters if Jesus is still in the grave. The meal that you're going to go celebrate with family and friends today, it does not matter if Jesus is still in the grave. As I mentioned earlier, it is either the greatest hoax or it's the greatest hope. Paul, one of the apostles, writes a letter to a group of Jesus followers in a city called Corinth. And there's a teaching that had swept through that community that there was no resurrection of the dead. And Paul writes to help clarify and communicate truth to them. He says this in 1 Corinthians 15. Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel. Can you say gospel? What is the gospel? Gospel is good news. It says, I remind you of this gospel I preached to you when you received, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I proclaim to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance. In other words, Paul is reminding people this is the primary message. This is number one. This is what I want you to understand. Since I delivered to this to you as of first importance, what I also received. That Christ died for our sins. Can you say Christ died? Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. In other words, in alignment with what was foretold in the Old Testament law and prophets. He died for our sin. That he was buried. Can you say he was buried? He was buried. A very real physical body was dead and buried. And that he was raised. Can you say he was raised? He was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Paul is saying this is the central message. This is the gospel. 
But then he continues on. Look at verse 12. It says, now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it's true that the dead are not raised. Anybody following his argument here? He continues on. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of all those who have fallen asleep. I love Paul's words here, and he's reminding us today, just as he reminded the church all of those years ago, a dead Savior can save no one. And so for those of us who, who we like the idea of Jesus, and we, we want to know that our sins are forgiven, understand, we cannot get there without the resurrection. It's the central message. It is the place of hope. You see, if it's not good news, it's not good news if he's still dead. In fact, Paul says this, we should be the most pitied of all people. But the good news is this, Jesus has been raised and he is alive. And because he's alive, friend, you can experience new life today. That is our hope as followers of Jesus. That's the good news that we receive. And, and where that takes us today is this. The path to a full life, it starts at an empty grave. You want to experience, you want to see full life? It starts at the resurrection. It's, it, if Jesus didn't raise, all of this means nothing. If the grave is full, we have no hope for full life. Our lives are going to be empty. But because the grave is empty, friends, we have access to full life. In fact, Jesus himself said this, the thief, speaking of the enemy of your soul and my soul, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Can we be honest for a second? There's been a lot of things over the last number of years, last year that have probably robbed you of joy, of peace, comfort. There's been a lot of things that have been stolen. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but listen to Jesus' words. I have come that they might have life. Can you say life? I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Another translation says, have it abundantly, overflowing. And some of us, we hear those words and go, Tyler, my life is already full. My schedule's full. My house is full. My bills are full. We, we go down the list. And maybe, maybe your life feels so full right now that you're like, I, I can't take on anymore. And, 
and understand there's a difference between maybe your life is full, but is it fulfilled? Is it fulfilled? Jesus, he didn't come to add something to your schedule. He came to give you a fulfilling life. See, some people, this is where we get it wrong. We, we think, well, if I say yes to Jesus, all of a sudden it's, it's going to mean this for my schedule and this for my resources and this for how I have to change how I dress and this and that. No, 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 stop. It's not about the externals. It's about the internals. There's a lot of people, they're, they're living life, but are you living a fulfilled life? Because I'm here to tell you today, you will not find it any other place than Jesus. And our hope that that can become a reality is because the grave is empty today. Don't miss, don't miss what Jesus actually offers. He offers us abundant life, life to the full. I want to encourage you to join with us next weekend as we start into a brand new series called Life to the Full. We're going to talk about this. But today, it doesn't matter if Jesus is in the grave. But since he has risen from the grave, he is alive today. That means I can experience new life. It's not, it's not found in your religious efforts or earning. It's not found in karma or do-goodism. It's not found in the empty, hollow, shallow promises that this world makes. The life that our hearts crave, the life that we actually desire, it's found only in Jesus, only in him. And so today, I want you to consider that question that we began with. What is your life surrounded by? Because our hope on Easter is this. The one who is life was willing to surround himself in our debt, in our sin, in our shame, in our separation. He, he took that upon himself. Why? So that we who are dead can come alive in Christ. That is the gospel. That is the message of Easter. Today, can I invite you to bow your heads with me for a moment? Today, maybe you hear this message and you realize you're challenged because you have been longing for the good life. Maybe your life is full, but you realize, man, my life is not fulfilled. Can I tell you that Jesus came to give you life to the full? He lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death we all should have died, but he rose again. And to experience that, that full life, today can be a new day for you. But the path to experience that, it's, it's by trusting in him. It's by believing this story, believing this message. We're not saved through our efforts or earning. We're saved through our belief in who Jesus is and the fact that he rose from the dead. Today, maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online and, and you long for that fresh start with God. You want today to be a brand new first day for you. See, our hope is that Jesus has dealt with completely our sin, our shame, our separation. Today, if it's your desire 
to experience that new life. I'm gonna ask you to take just a simple step of faith. If that's you, would you just raise a hand, just hold it up and say, today, Tyler, I, I, I want a new beginning. I want a fresh start. I wanna know that my sin is forgiven, that my debt is paid. I want a fresh start with God today. If that's you, just hold that hand up for a moment, just, just for a second. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Can I invite all of us to pray this prayer together, coming in agreement with maybe some who are praying this prayer for the very first time. Would you say this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. And help me to follow you every day of my life. Today, Jesus, I receive your life. Help me to walk every day knowing who I am in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision? Amen. Well, happy Easter, everyone. I'd like to invite you to take the next steps. Take your phone or else online. You can click that next steps area. And we'd like to help you. And those of you who've made a decision today to follow Christ, we want to help you on your journey. So if you fill out that information there online on the Next Steps app, uh, we'd love to help you on the journey. And then maybe you're wanting to get connected. Connected like the people I mentioned earlier who who you've been online, but now, you know, I wanted to come back and I want to get connected to people. We'd love to have you get connected. Fill out that and we'd love to connect you uh, with the process and help you on your journey. Would you stand with me? As Pastor Tyler said, I want to invite you to come back next week for our new series. And uh, it is so good to see all of you here today. Isn't it good to see everybody? You know... Um, Let me tell you how good it is. I want to get your picture. So everybody smile. He is risen. So Father, I pray you'll go with your people now as they go from this place. May we be the church in this world. I pray you'll protect, bless, be with them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Thanks for coming today.